Bueller. 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 How'd you do? I do? I passed, but I failed. Yeah! I'm happy and sad. Bright as you could have a brother who's so. Don't call me stupid. Who out of the chicken crossed the road? You'll be teaching remedial English. Remedial English? Look, I ain't no English teacher. See? Double negative. What if she wants you to kiss her? Well, then I guess I'm just gonna have to kiss her. Amanda Jones is no minor leaguer who will be swept off her feet at the touch of your amateur lips. Thanks. This babe has plenty of battle scars. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of season 2 where we look at the 1987 John Hughes film Some Kind of Wonderful starring Eric Stoltz, Mary Stuart Masterton, Leah Thompson and Craig Sheffer. And she's beautiful, and everybody's in love with her, and she's going out with me. I just want you to get off the dime and think about your future. She's beautiful, and obviously in the middle of some emotional shootout to consent to date the human tater tot. This is 1987. Did you know that a girl can be whatever she wants to be? I know, my mom's a plumber. I'd recommend you keep your eyes and your mind off my property. Cut it out. Bunch of my own business. Really, it must be a drag to be a slave to the male sex drive. I didn't say anything about sex. Oh, want to start a book club with her? Anytime somebody from the outside lifts a woman from a guat like Jen's, man, we could all find cause to rejoice. You walk out on me, where are you gonna go? I want to show this girl that I'm as good as anybody else. I know how you feel. You've been in love before. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. You got a shot to be the first guy in his family who didn't have to wash his hands after a day's work. Break his heart and break your face. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me? This isn't the third grade anymore. Oh, you're only 18 years old. Then I'm 19, then I'm 20. When does my life belong to me? That's a good trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it look better than the film. Ooh, controversial. We'll get to that. The soundtrack to that is a song called I Go Crazy by a band called Flesh for Lulu. And it's no understatement to say that the film really does get its money's worth out of that. Out of that. It appears about six or seven times in different scenes. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you were engrossed in it, so you obviously didn't notice. But yes, I did have the soundtrack on cassette. Cassette. Yes, for those, you know, born after a certain time. Oh my God. Cassette with spooled magnetic tape, which the, the oh, cassette don't record need to on to. Most of our listeners are our Just go and Google it, you know, like most things. We you don't get like the young, the youngins, the youth of today listening to this. Who do you think the youngest person listening to our podcast? What age group? I don't think this is a podcast for everyone. The 30s. 30s is the. Yeah, I don't okay. know what a cassette tape is. All right, okay. Well, for what, what happens if there's somebody that's like 16 listening to this? They'll go, cassette tape? What are they talking about? No, pe- people know what cassette tapes are, right? They've become a little bit more retro again, haven't they? Ah, because ah. my 1975 limited edition notes on a conditional form yes. came with a cassette. It did. I know, and I was like, I've got nothing to play this on. I can't play it. So I, I just have to keep it as a collectible. Anyway, right, and... Uh, Back, back to the film. So, Some Kind of Wonderful, directed by John Hughes in 1987. So, first Bueller was 19... <coughs> pardon me, was 1986. <coughs> Some Kind of Wonderful was 1987. Um, obviously, then went on to do other films after that, like She's Having a Baby, which is one of the ones we may consider doing, and then moved on to, to other films like Home Alone. Anyway, so, uh, marks out of ten for Some Kind of Wonderful. You're not going to like me. Oh, dear me. I knew this is the reason why you didn't talk to me after watching it. That you, When I say, well, what do you think? And you go, well, I'll reserve it for the podcast. 
Yeah, right. well, you were trying to get me to do trivia and different bits and bobs. And it's like, no, you spoil a podcast. Just no, I was going to test Teddy one piece of trivia. No. And All right, okay, no. fine. Fine, we'll leave it later. Trivia time coming up. You're not going to like me, though. If it's less than if it's less than six, it's a six. Okay, I, I get I get six. And you know why I'm just going to give it a six? Go on. I think the storyline was good, but yeah. you know where I think it it was let down. Go on. Eric Stoltz. <gasps> I know. Gasp, horror, shock. We can't proceed with this. Po- we we have I'm to sorry, stop the podcast. But he just didn't. He just didn't do it for me in that role. My goodness, well... I think because I was used to someone like, you know, Ferris, that's kind of, you know, the cheeky chappy. He's still nerdy, but there's something about him. Do you know what I mean? There's something about Cameron. There's something about the characters that he's got. Yeah, but I just think this character was a bit lacklustre. Wow. It it just seemed a little bit wet. I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, be a bit wet. But his heart was in the right place, but just... Oh, we'll get to... Oh, yeah, I'm I just, well, I'm reeling. Sorry. I, you know, pretty much reeling from that. Um, <sighs> weirdly enough, it's a seven and a half from me. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's a strong seven and a half. And th- there's a good reason for it. Because th- this, is the, this is probably the definition of a forgotten 80s movie. If you said to... If you sat someone down and said, right, name me three John Hughes films, I guarantee you... Out of that hundred people, none of them would say some kind of wonderful. Oh, I don't know. If oh, because they just go, ah, oh, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Ferris. And they just instantly go for those because this is this is a lesser known film. Right. Um, there's a reason for this film, but the reason I'm giving it seven and a half is, I've, even though even though I genuinely love the film, again watched it many many times. It was on my heavy rotation list, and I just kept watching it and watching it. But it did annoy. It annoyed me. There was parts of it that just didn't make sense, and the ending didn't make sense. Mm. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment because what I think is that we've got a. Uh, my question, which I think we'll answer after um, roll call, is whose film is this? Sorry. Well, whose whose film is it? So we've got the characters. Oh, who's so, it about? So we can explain the characters. So you've got um, uh, Eric Stoltz, who plays uh, Keith. Um, you've got uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, who plays Watts, his best friend, a bit of a tomboy. Uh, you've got Leah Thompson playing Amanda Jones. Nice name. It is. Uh, there's a reason why, if you haven't picked it up already, with Keith Watts and Amanda Jones, you may, you may get there. For all those uh, music fans, you would actually probably guess it already. Um, and then you've got uh, Craig Sheffers, Hardy Jens, who's the boyfriend of Amanda Jones. But obviously Keith is infatuated with Leah Thompson. Um, and there's also there's also Duncan. He's cre- it's uh, played by Elias Curtis. He's he's actually credited in IMDb as the skinhead. And, and you actually get told his name in this. It's Duncan. And I'm like. <laughs> Why didn't you just call him Duncan? Because I, I, mean, I really liked him. Absolutely. Do you know who he reminds me of? Go on. He reminds me of Robert De Niro out a taxi after he shaved his head. Oh, high praise. It, no, he it, did. He looked like him. Mr. Cotis, like if you're listening him. to this, then uh, no, well, that was not scripted. Even his mannerisms, though, were very much like it. Okay. I just thought, oh my God, he's just like, he looks like his son. If he could. Wow. Yeah. That's that is high praise. Yeah. Okay. Not quite not... sure about the quality of acting, the same level as De Niro, but he just reminded well, me he was like the spitting image of we, De Niro in. We will get to this, and that is the question. That's the question I thought about on my walk today when I was thinking about the podcast and doing it later. Is who is who is the focus of this film? Whose film is it? Whose film is it? Don't don't start <laughs> start doing jingles. No, I won't. That's the last. I've one got to have a jingle do. for. Um, for the, uh, the oh, fi- for later the fi- on. They're for later on. What about the end bits? Well, no, I've come up with. <laughs> do you want to know what I've come up with? Or do you want to do it later? Um, I can't think of anything, so I went for alliteration. So, um, 
For those that didn't don't know what we're talking about and are quite used to roll call and trivia time, we're going to have a new bit where um, at the end Amanda's going to get forty five seconds to name five films by varying varying um, recognisable uh, actors and actresses. Um, if you haven't heard this, then I would ask you to pause at this point and go to the. Um, Stand by Me podcast, oh, where, the to- where the totally unscripted and unrehearsed um, uh, thing happened, and yeah, you can see why this is going to be probably fast become a fan favourite oh <laughs> on God. this. People are going to force forward to the end, and then can say, right, okay, I'll go back and listen to the podcast. So, who knows? But anyway, um, it, I've got it as testing with time of time. <laughs> that's 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 what I've come it's up with. What? Testing with timer time. <coughs> I'm going to give you 45 seconds on the clock, so I'm going to be testing you with a timer, and it's timer time. That's rubbish. Well, what have you got? I didn't know we were supposed to be naming things. Insert tumbleweed. Oh, we can like roll call and trivia time. Yeah, we don't we don't assign names to anything. I will have a little think. You've kind of sprung that on me, so yeah. Okay, I thought you would have thought about it. No. It's does Amanda know any films? How about that? <laughs> Insert. Yes, probably not. Anyway, uh, on that note, it's time for roll call. You could call it "Little Does She Know." Look at that blast from. There you go, because it kind of sums little, it up. Little does she know, and and, and this is true. <laughs> <laughs> little does she know what's about to be sprung on her, and little does she actually know about the things that there she's. You there you go. It's, it's a double whammy. right. Okay. We'll get our voiceover guy on it. Little does she know. Anyway, this time it is time for Roll Call. Roll Call. Okay, so Roll Call. Let's get to your uh, your, your number one thing that you love about this uh, film then. Eric Stoltz. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what? I think it lacked depth of character. Do you think the part was bad or he was bad? Um... I, that's I, what, I don't think they'd cast it right. Uh, well, we we may get to that. We may get to that. Well, we will get to that. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for all those some kind of wonderful fans out there. But just for me, I just didn't feel it. I am one of them. I really, really wanted to get into the movie because I know how much you love the John Hughes like. Yeah, absolutely. So I was really desperately trying to get into it, but I just thought oh, I can't. I can't connect to this. I can't connect to the acting. I just, just, it was just a bit of a void. Wow. Okay. Well, Eric Stoltz uh, started, cut his acting skills on a film called Mask. Do you remember Mask? Nope. Okay, he started with Cher. The Mask. Basically, he had a deformity, he had a facial deformity. So he had like a big head and a facial deformity. And Cher was his mum. And this, you know, his kid was getting picked on. And he's brilliant. And, you know, I hate to say it, you know, there's a reason why it got all the accolades at the time. It's just, it was a good film. It was just, you know, it was well acted. Everyone was everyone was good in it. Um, he was also in Say Anything, but you would have known that if we uh, listened to the Say Anything podcast, because we called him out on Roll Call there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in The Fly too. So, then you know, they made a Never sequel to The it. Fly. Okay. He starred with Daphne Zuniga. Uh, who another 80s actress who didn't really do an awful lot after the 80s um, she's also in The Sure Thing she's amazing in The Sure Thing but anyway um, he was in Back to the Future but not hey. who was the original Martin McFly in Back to the Future oh, well, I haven't seen that then no you won't have done because what happened is they brought him in um, and they, he's, he's, he filmed quite a few of the scenes the, thing, the scene where he spots his dad in the diner for the first time where he's walking oh, yeah. around Hill Valley yeah. where the DeLorean bit they filmed loads of scenes with Eric Stoltz um, and you know the trivia bit was um, uh, he was an up and coming young method actor he had a lot bit of buzz around him because of the mask um, and you know only a few weeks into filming so they filmed all this stuff and the director and the writer so Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, um, realised that there's something was wrong. Okay, he was a fine dramatic actor, but he wasn't bringing 
the screwball energy the film needed. Mm. Uh, I'm just reading this bit here. They came to the studio head Sid Scheinberg with a proposition. Let them fire Stoltz and replace him with Michael J. Fox, who they'd wanted all along. He agreed, but the transition couldn't take place right away because Michael J. Fox was filming Family Ties. So they carried on with Stoltz and let him think that he still he oh, was still in mean. Back to the Future, and he was unaware that his days with Marty were actually decided, and it's not going to happen. I feel a bit sorry for him now. Well, I think you should. I don't think he'll listen to this podcast. I don't think he'll be that. Well, I don't know. He might. Do, my, if he might do. Opinion. Look, I am a massive Eric Stoltz fan, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because we'll get to, we'll get to that uh, in a moment. But I think that's really. I think if you look at the scenes, you know, when you said that you didn't click with him, mm. I think that's what happened on Back to the Future. For some reason, people don't click. I think Eric Stoltz. I know Michael J. Fox is iconic now and is definitely with the role and you can't think of anybody else. But, you know, you see that footage and I think of putting the Eric Stoltz from Some Kind of Wonderful or Memphis Belle, which was the next one I was going to say, putting that Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. I don't know. It would have kind of made it work. I'm not saying anything against Michael Fox. I'm not saying anything against the decisions Back to the Future take. but, But seriously, I mean, it... That, that that kind of says is he's a lesser actor. Um, you know, give him the part like Memphis Bell. Do you remember Memphis Bell? I think I've seen it once. So yeah, I mean that is an exceptionally good film. I mean it's really, really good film. Mm. I mean he's a standout in it by a country mile. Mm. Um has got floppy fringe hair. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Um he also played uh, Lance in Pulp Fiction. So obviously when they, they took the Mia Wallace ran to the drug dealer's house, Lance, the drug dealer. Oh. And they, they did the the oh God, the, the shop, the adrenaline, pen, the shop adrenaline. That was in Eric, that was in Lance's house. Oh right. Uh, he was in the Battlestar Galactica spin-off Caprica. Did we see that? Uh, I don't think we did because I think you weren't that fussed about watching Caprica, but it only lasted one season. Oh okay. But he was in it. Um, but he's also in one of the next for, uh, TV series that I'm going to start watching. Because uh, I've heard so much buzz about it recently, I'm thinking I've got to start watching it. Uh, Madam Secretary, where uh, Tia Leone plays the Secretary of State, basically oh, gets asked to be Secretary of State. No, it's a bit like the West Wing, right. but probably not as good. But then nothing is. No offence to all involved. Bondage or anything? Madam Secretary? No. Well, there may be bondage in it. I don't know yet. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I mean, I don't you know what these are. Who, who knows? People who knows? In their high society like. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterton then on to her we know she's in what film is she in what other film is she in who, who is she Sorry. Mary Stuart Masterton what oh the tomboy yeah oh she, she was, was in... in the other one that we've seen oh look at those these powers of recollection are fl- flooding <laughs> back um, you're, you're going to actually ask me to describe the film no, that no, we've no, sat no. and watched and done a no, podcast on no yeah. uh, it's the one with um, Thingy who I like Thingy um, that I like the dog oh this is Ozark no, nope, wrong one. Oh, wrong film. No. Nope. Oh, I'm getting mixed up with the Wilson Phillips daughter. That's China Phillips, yes. Oh, right. We'll get to her in a moment. Um, but yeah. Oh, we could be here yeah, a while. We've, we've seen her. Chances are. That's right, she's the daughter. She is. Yes. She is also in the 90s film Benny and June, where she starred with Robert, Robert um, Johnny Depp. Not Robert Downey, I've got Robert Downey Jr. You just put that into my head. Um, Quite nice. Yeah. Um, probably not for you probably not for me no and she's also in a TV series that's kind of massive in the States but we don't really hear of it here called Blind Spot nope nope anyway she's in that as well Um, I love her as Watts I mean I I genuinely love all of the all of the performances in it Mm. Um, just because it's a film that I go back to anyway on to Leah Thompson what's she most famous for being Marty McFly's mum that's right. Lorraine Baines McFly. See, I've got something right. Okay. Do you want to do you want to tell me any any other film? I mean, I know this isn't what, no. we, what we call it. She hasn't got a clue what we call it. <laughs> Little does she know. Little does she know. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, her first film uh, was Jaws 3D. That was her very first film. Not Jaws 3. Jaws 3D. What's the difference? Because it was in 3D. But is it 3, though? Well, it's Jaws 3, yeah, but it's in 3D. Okay. It was in 3D. It's Jaws 3 when it came out, but when it was at the cinema, it was Jaws 3D. Okay. Is that the one that they showed on the telly? 
and you had to have like your free 3D ah, specs. In, well, we'll get like, to that because we will, we will do Jaws 3 at some point. So that's the one where I ordered it from the States and somebody had recorded it in the 3D um, that, that, that was in the cinema. It's very poor 3D. It was the, the lesser of the two when it came you out. Not knock off Nigel? No, no, I ordered yeah. it from the States and they sent me a pair of like 3D glasses to watch it with it. And it was all right. It was good right. for someone who wanted to watch it in 3D for years and years and years. And then they released uh, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, as they called it. They didn't even have it in 3D. And Jaws the Revenge, Jaws 4, which is appalling. Um, and then the Jaws 3 and then they went includes a, a, a direct 3D version that you can wear with your super high tech 3D TV that's why Jaws 3 is the only reason why we didn't get rid of the 3D TV because oh I have to watch that again and I will so watch that, that again so now Amy has the benefit of it in her room she does yeah and, and you know it's fine so that's fine at least uh, it's being used she was in Red Dawn uh, a film called Space Camp do you want to have a guess what Space Camp was about is it about space cadets? Uh, sort of, yeah. And what happens to them, do you think? Uh, they have to go to war. No. Okay, a group of school children who are interested in space. Uh, oh, they get abducted by aliens. No, 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 it's even better than that. Oh. Um, oh, it is even better than that. Uh, they sit in... They're given a tour of the space shuttle and they accidentally... <laughs> <laughs> Press the ignition. <coughs> yeah, like it's just and an get ignition. blasted into space. Oh my god! And the kids and one adult. How not ha- to teach kids about space? Travel. But that's space camp. Oh, seriously, space. Oh, oh good, good memories god, again. I've got good memories of space camp. It's very bad, but it's very good. But I've got to say, she was in Howard. Howard, a new breed of hero, or as it should be known, Howard the Duck. I Do loved you know her in Howard the Duck. Anthony, who was um, one of my listeners. Yeah. Um, from work, he suggested it's so bad it's good. Howard the Duck. Oh, Anthony, I'm all over that. Yeah, I I, I will take that as a listener recommendation, <laughs> and we will do Howard the Duck at some point. I don't know if we can do it as part of this season. What, a teen movie, is it? Well, Howard's a teenish. He's a duck. It's a Marvel film, is so it would become part of Marvel if you want. If we do like is a Marvel, it's a Marvel character. Yeah. Is he? Howard the Duck is... Oh, it's not some guy in a costume. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, like Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, I mean, like... You don't think... Is you know the Guardians the of the Galaxy aren't real? What? Is he a Guardian of the Galaxy? No. Oh. He's in Endgame. He's in Avengers Endgame. Is he? Yeah, he is. Is he? He comes out of one of the circles at the end that's drawn by Doctor Strange. He comes out. Oh my God. Howard the Duck is fighting Thanos at the end. <laughs> Howard the Duck's there. I completely missed that. You want to watch it now, don't you? Not really. Come but... on. Anthony wants us to watch it. Okay, I think we're going to do it at some point. I don't know when we're going to do it. Maybe. This is only episode four of season two, you know. I mean, the first season had ten episodes. Okay. So we can, there is a space to do Mix it up a bit. other things. Yeah, She's having a baby, the other John Hughes film that I talked about, she? Kevin Bacon. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a good film. Anyway, uh, she was also in Caroline in the City, so I think she did about eight seasons of that. I watched it, it used to be on Channel sorry, 4. Sorry, who are we talking about? Leah Thompson, we're oh, back to. Oh, sorry, I thought it was still Howard the Duck. Well, uh, Howard the Duck may have been in Caroline in the City. And she's also in a TV series, again, that uh, we don't get over here, but Switched at Birth. Oh my God, um, I wonder d- what happened there. I don't know, well, who knows, hey? Um, on to Craig Sheffer, so Hardy Jens, the rich kid. Hardy. Hardy Jens. Jens with, remember, Jens with two N's? Do you remember that? No. No? Okay. Uh, he was in the Teen Wolf series. Uh, he was in uh, A River Runs Through It with Brad Pitt. Oh, so obviously, yep. Yeah. That, was that the dark? No. No, I'm thinking something else. Okay. He's also in a film called Fire in the Sky, which again I'm going to ask. I'm going to say you really should check out. Uh, It's an alien abduction film about uh, based on a true based on a true story, based on their true story, whatever. But it's still a good film. Uh, Again, he's in a series that I didn't watch. One Tree Hill. I don't know if you watched it. No. Ring a bell. Um, Elias Cotius. So Duncan. I, I did actually look at his internet movie and it's it, it must be quite prestigious but it's it's full of things that I haven't watched 
apart from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles he was in and I remember him being really good in it and he's really good in this was he a turtle? no oh no, he played. I think he played a reporter. I think he was, if I remember, he was either the police officer or the cameraman. You can tell it left a, a lasting impression on me. Um, and moving on to uh, second before last, China Phillips. Give me two China Phillips films. This one. No, not including this one. We've <laughs> oh, done them I both on the, podcasts. I know the one. We've watched both of them. Uh, okay, so. No, don't look through the notes. I'll just tell you then. Uh, Moving target. Uh, and say anything. I was going to say say anything. Right. And she's yeah. also in Bridesmaids. Is she? Yeah, because Wilson Phillips appear at the end of oh, Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. Sorry, she's not one of the bridesmaids. No. I can't uh, her. And lastly, right. the dad, John Ashton. Uh, he was in Hardcastle and McCormick, a personal favourite 80s f- a series of mine. Uh, most famous for Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, along with Judge Reinhold uh, and Midnight Run which if you haven't watched it with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin please watch Midnight Run because it is amazing so that is Roll Call so anyway back to the film Um, it got 81% Rotten Tomatoes this film yeah there you go and 80% from popcorn. Right, so I'm roughly in the same sort of zone. Yeah. The, the problems, the problems I have with it is it's it's sporadic. It doesn't. It, 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 I mean, we'll get to this in trivia time, but it's trying to right a wrong. The whole reason for this film is trying to right the wrong of Pretty in Pink. It's it's pretty much. He's supposed to be writing this film uh, when he was like doing the Breakfast Club, but he wrote Ferris Bueller instead. He wrote Ferris Bueller in three days he wrote half of it in eight hours so John Hughes just sat down and wrote Ferris Bueller I think we covered that in trivia time because mm. he, he, he developed it but this film is supposed to right the wrong of Pretty in Pink and we'll get to that because Pretty in Pink is one of the films we're going to do but it takes Pretty in Pink and what you were expecting to happen and what I certainly wanted to happen in Pretty in Pink so for those people that watch Pretty in Pink I know we're going to fast forward a little bit but it's a love triangle between um, Blaine, um, Andrew, played by Andrew McCarthy, um, uh, Molly Ringwald, and Ducky, played by John Cryer. Ducky's her best friend. Ducky dotes upon her, just really loves her. At the end of that, um, you know, she doesn't end up the way that you think it's going to end up, and you really wanted it to. Um, when you watch it, you're either Team Blaine or Team Ducky, and you know one of you is going to be very disappointed at the end. So this film is supposed to right the wrong of that film. I think that's how it was written, and we'll get to that obviously when we when we talk about mm. it. But do you know what I thought? Go on, sorry. The film was like. Hmm. Go on. It reminded me, and I can't I can't for the life of me think of which play it is, but it reminded me of a Shakespeare play. Oof. So we've gone from six, but yet it's Shakespearean. No, it's not the quality of Shakespeare. Okay. Just the plot. All right. Do you see where I'm coming from? Okay. In So it's in, tomboy girl fancies nerdy guy. Nerdy guy fancies... Uh, out of his league. Out, out of girl, his league girl, supposedly yeah. Supposedly out of his league. Yeah. Who punches above her weight, basically. Yeah. Because she wants to be seen as better than what she actually is. Hmm. And then there's the really nasty, mean, rich guy. Hmm. And you put them in the pot and it just it just falls into like a Shakespearean play. And, and it, it's almost like there's a moral at the end of it. Do you see what I mean? Sort of. Hmm. I can't sort remember which play it is. I know I've read it. Right, so this, this, was, this, was, my, this was my thinking. If this is Keith's... If this is Keith's film, so I hope you've watched it at this point. If you, um, that and I know we didn't get to the plot, but basically, um, he wants to ask um, Leah Thompson out. So Miss Amanda Jones, um, he wants to ask her out. Uh, he sort of is there, poised when her boyfriend is does the, does the dirty on her. She finds out that he's cheating. Um, he's there. He he pounces. She agrees to go out with him on a date just to make her you know the rich boyfriend jealous meanwhile you've got Mary Street Masterton as what's as the best friend that's watching all of this unfold um, is kind of like 
teaching him to kiss and you know all this sort of stuff and she's kind of watching him fall for this girl and be obsessed with this girl and meanwhile she's obsessed with him so you've got you've, you've got this massive dynamic going on so if you take if you take the characters and I, I'd like to know what you think about each one of these because Keith is so we need to start we need to look at the start the start is um, uh, propaganda um, uh, the song by propaganda where Watts is drumming she's very much a loner she doesn't get on with her parents at all it's pretty much you know a John Hughes character um, but you start to see every you start to see all these characters you see Amanda Jones snogging Hardy Jens the rich <coughs> you see Keith looking on at her you see Keith walking on train tracks the train's coming towards him and he and he and he walks off just at the last minute you know, you see all of these dynamics. So you, you get introduced to the characters pretty quickly as, as you know, to see what's going on even before the credits have rolled. But, you know, is is this is this Keith's film? Because he's, because he is, has that sort of revelation whereby he's, he's focused on one thing when that one thing is suddenly not the thing that he should be concerned about. Is it that? Is it Watts' film? Because Watts is this character that's just sitting there watching this all go on. You know, no, it, it almost feels like... It, it feels like it's Amanda Jones' film. It feels like her transition is probably the most um, uh, you know, revelatory. It's the one that when she realises what's important to her at yeah. the end... You know, she's, she's the... Because I guess Keith already knows what's important... Well, his dad is trying to tell him to go to college. To, to college, and he's saved up all of this money. Yeah, but um, his dad wants him to do stuff that he's not really that interested in. Exactly. His, his dad wants him to better himself and not be a manual worker. He wants him to be like a blue collar worker, sorry, a white collar worker, and and kind of go off and not get his hands dirty. Um, and that's the line that was in the trailer. Yeah. I want you to be the first in the family that doesn't have to wash his hands at the yeah. end of every day. So he's, but he's got happy being like the mechanic and you know filling gas at the petrol station and, and, and stuff. So he's quite happy with where he's at because he understands you know there's more to life than doing what your dad said and you know not being interested in stuff. But he's got this natural ability for art. He's got a, a very good talent and you just think, why would his dad not want to nurture that? But he, he basically says there's no money in it. There's, it's a dead end. Why spend all that money at college when, mm. you know, there's not a chance of a good job at the end of it. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. She goes through the great, she goes through, you, you might think it's what, she goes through the, 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 the range of emotions and the realisation at the end. Yes. I think she wanted to get in with the in crowd and that she's not from... She's from the same part, which she She's lives next, practically next door yeah. to, you know, in the same sort of rough estate-ish. Yeah, it's Keith. So, Keith does. so yeah, she's completely out of her zone, um, and you know, wealth-wise, she's not in the same category. Um, and the girls that she hangs around with, she thinks are her friends, but they're not. They're just they're all they're really, rich. They're really horrible people. Really well, horrible. we could get. Can we can we can we can get to that? <laughs> Hardy Jens is is a great character, but there's no, there's no story there for him. He's just a, a, a bit player in this. He's just the person that comes in and out. It's, don't get me wrong. I really love Craig Sheffer's performance in it because I think it's really really mm. good. But as a realization what happens he's the rich kid he controls everything and right at the end he gets found out a little bit at the end does that change him don't know he gets he threatened he gets threatened at the end and by he's duffed up yeah that's a great scene anyway um by duncan by duncan yeah because that's that's a great scene yeah at the end. i think i think duncan should have done stuff so moving on to duncan <laughs> duncan is a bull is basically um a bully Sort of know? at the start. Well, at the start, he's messing around. Okay, maybe not a bully, you know, but maybe he is. He's seen as one of these like punk kind of. He's like, got a yeah. You know, not bothered about schoolwork. Probably, you know, 
being disadvantaged actually he's got his crew around him yeah. and so and he stuff takes like on this. this persona of, of being you know the hard mm. guy and the wise crack and oh there's no doubt he is hard I mean there's no doubt that you know there is that that you know sort of air about him um, Keith decides Keith overhears and sees Amanda Jones get get put into detention for skipping school uh, so he decides to hit the fire alarm so he can go into detention of course Amanda Jones sweet talks her way out with the teacher no, I can't believe that I know that it was, was like shocking. it was a very, it, it's a scene that doesn't age well that does not age well where she's That's like really oh we, all the girls really like the way you do your hair and oh you if you know hair, yeah. oh, it's like God. God, 16 year old to a teacher hello uh. <laughs> well wait till you watch 16 candles mm. anyway uh, so um yeah, I think Duncan Duncan goes through one of my favourite bits because he's got he's got got this group, but then you know you see the Keith and him sort of befriend each other in detention, and when Keith needs him for the big date that he's going on with Amanda Jones at the end, Duncan's Duncan's got connections, he's got friends, you know, his dad works at the art gallery, you know, um, that that that's that's how they let in. So there's a portrait that's yeah. been painted. So Keith paints a portrait of her to told up takes her for a fancy meal takes her for all of these things that that he thinks that she she would like and she's like well you don't know anything about me i'm not one of these rich people that needs um you know i I don't need all of this Uh, i'm i'm putting on a show i'm trying to be somebody that i'm not you know it you could go back that there are there are comparisons between leah thompson in this film and molly ringwald in the breakfast club but again we'll get to that because Obviously, we're going to do The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink at some point this season. But Duncan steals the show at the end. Keith is invited to Hardy Jen's party. So after he goes on the big date, he does say, do you want to, do you want to come around? Do you want to um, come around to the party? It's all a big setup. That's one of the reasons I marked the film down as seven and a half. He knows it's a setup, so why is he going to go? I still don't understand that because it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Is it because... He knows Duncan's coming. Yes. Right, but you don't... The thing about it is... He's arranged the whole thing. He's one step ahead. Yeah, because it kind of felt like he didn't He didn't know at the start, and then he befriended Duncan, and then he got Duncan. And I'm like going, that little... That, that bit when you don't know that you're going to get back up, you're just going to go there and basically going to get your ass handed to you because, you know, it's going to be... It's going to be awful. All your friends are going to beat you up. I don't think he knows. There's a there's a time when he doesn't know he's got backup, and I was thinking, was thinking, why are you agreeing to get to the party? It's ridiculous. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense. It it makes sense when you know that he he then knows that Duncan's coming. So what happens is he gets to the party. Hardy makes um, says that he's going basically duff him up. Mess, uh, uh, Amanda Jones, so Leah Thompson steps in and goes, look, I'll come back. And he goes, and Hardy goes, no, nope, it's not going to be as easy as that. You're going to have to beg. No, you're going to have to beg. And then the door bursts open and Duncan comes in with all the, all the friends in possibly the best scene of the whole whole movie um, and goes, no, I, I don't think that's, that's going to happen. And basically, yeah, um, basically saves saves Keith um, in that, um, you know, you know you've, you've, got these, you've got these strange things like what's agreeing to be the driver? So what's, what says to Keith, do you know how to kiss her? You're going on this date with Amanda Jones, do you know how to kiss her? And they kiss, and it's really, really passionate. Mm. And then she backs off because she gets all blushed, you know. And he says, "Oh, you're blushing." And you know, she's like, "He's just so off. thick." Yeah, and you and that's the thing that is, point. you get yeah, he he should know right at that point because it's not when before, he, though. because she she what ends up ends up driving them around in this like vintage car and taking them on the dates, and you're like thinking, why would you do that? Why why did she do that? Do you understand? Do you, do you have any explanation why she did that? Because that's the reason I marked the film down a whole point because of that. It makes no sense whatsoever. What to keep an eye on him to make sure that she, he doesn't get hurt. Was was she the one that was going to come in at the end and start laying down the law if Duncan wasn't available? You know, well, I'm sure she could. You know, but she should have a drumstick somewhere. Uh, yeah. With your drumstick up your nose, yeah. Hmm. So, you know, it's it, there's just some things that, that that annoy me. When when they come out of the house, he's spent um, 
what well, presumably you, I think it, it was mentioned he saved up eight thousand pounds and he no, buys it wasn't that much. It was. It wasn't. It was. I think it, it was mentioned somewhere in the film. It was that much. Anyway, he spends it on these two. He spends it on this pair of diamond earrings because he sees Leah Thompson's character borrow some diamond earrings. No, no, no. He saved up well, to go to college. He needed a lot more than eighteen hundred quid okay. at college. Anyway, he buys them because he sees that a fr- Amanda Jones has had to borrow for a friend and said, you shouldn't have to borrow anything. So he buys these diamond earrings, gives them on the date. So they leave the party at the end. I know I'm skipping to the end, but it's just, you know, the discussion before we get to actually, you know, the trivia. He then takes, she takes out the earrings. No, he tells her, tells her when he gives her them, you've got my future, future in your hands. That's right, future in your hands. So when he when he comes out, he walks down the drive, what's his by the car, suddenly this realisation comes from from seemingly nowhere. Yeah. It's random, isn't it? It's totally random. It doesn't it doesn't fit in with the rest of the film. It's almost like, oh God, we forgot about the plot to do with Watson Keith. Oh flashback. Oh quick, oh, just put yeah. a flashback where he thinks about the kiss and thinks about all these other things. Um he does that, sees her um, she she runs off. Leah Thompson goes, takes the earrings out, and then says, oh, "I think you, there's somebody more deserving of these," mm. and puts them in his hand. He runs after her down the road. It's quite rom- I mean, it's, you know, it's quite romantic. He runs after after the road. You know, they kiss, and he gives her the earrings. He gives her the earrings instead. Yeah. Now, I'd love to love this film more. And the reason I can't is because those are those are, those are minor annoyances. It makes for a good film to have what's drive them around. It makes for a good film to have what's at the end and to have some sort of romantic thing. It makes for the film to have the complete opposite of Pretty in Pink, because he doesn't end up with the person that you think he's going to end up. He ends up with the person you actually want him to end up with, and that's not what happens in Pretty in Pink. Sorry for all you Andrew McCarthy fans out there, but that's not how Pretty in Pink should have ended. But it did end that way. It now. Well, yeah, I think you'd watched it before, so uh, there's a lot. That, again, uh, it, this may fall under the Amanda doesn't remember, but whatever we're going to call it at the end. What little, gonna, little does she know. Little does she know. Yeah, we'll get to I that. that. Yeah, but anyway, let's file it under Amanda doesn't remember it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my that's my love of the film, and that's my annoyances of the film, and I would love to give it an eight and a half out of ten. I'd love it to be up there. It's no Ferris. It's no Breakfast Club. It's no Pretty in Pink. But but few things are. But it's not, you know, with a better, a better direction. Oh God, it could be. Do you know what I thought was really funny? Go on. The youngest sister. Oh yeah. Well, we didn't didn't roll call her. So. No, but okay. um, she was so funny. She had some cracking lines at the start of the film. She got like a little old head on a pair of little shoulders, hasn't she? She had, yeah. Oh, so funny. I think I'm missing one essential food group in this movie. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, she's great. <laughs> what do you think of China Phillips in the film? Is she? Um, she plays. She plays the other girl. Oh, the girl she's that he's the one cheating that he's on. Cheating on the other one with, yeah. And I think it's unfair on China Phillips because. She was she was really good in Moving Target. She was good in Moving, she was Target. Good in Moving Target. What happened to China? I mean, she was the vet's assistant. Wasn't exactly, she? and she was wonderful in that film. And you're thinking, she's wasted in say anything. She's wasted in this film. Maybe she was supposed to have more lines, and they just cut it. No wonder she went. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna form a band. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, fair play to you because you weren't being you weren't being treated well. You were the other woman in two in two quite. You know, I don't say iconic film, say anything. She could have played iconic. the role of the tomboy. She could play. Oh, Ross. easily, easily. And but she could have drummed. That's like, taken a probably. lot. That's taken a lot from Mary Street Masterton, though, because she, yeah. she is very good. Um. So yeah, um, that's that's say anything. That's the film. Have you got anything else to add to it? That's is not it say anything? anything? That's some kind of wonderful. Oh, sorry, that's some kind of wonderful. I've got to say anything in my head now because I've got people lifting stereos above their heads. Oh dear. So yeah, what do you think? Is there anything? I think that's it, really. Um, so should we move on to trivia time? Yeah, go on then. Okay, because we've got to fit in a new section at the end. So let's do trivia time. Trivia time. 
Okay, so the director, Howard Deutsch, D-E-U-T-C-H. I looked, I looked how to pronounce it, Deutsch. Hmm. Howard Deutsch and Leah Thompson fell in love while filming this film. And now they're married, and they have been married. Yeah, they were. It, it took about 18 months, didn't it, after mm. he asked her out? But there was quite a big age gap, wasn't there? Yeah. So while it's not directed by John Hughes, it's a John Hughes film. Yeah. So it's produced by John Hughes, it's written by John Hughes, it's just been directed by somebody else. Yeah. It's a bit like Home Alone, it's directed by Chris Columbus. Um, anyway, on to some great ones. I'll try and put, I'll try, I'll, again, I tried to l- l- narrow them down. So Duncan, um, Elias Cotes, improvised many of his lines and his actions. I think the director just gave him free reign and so create the character of Duncan. <laughs> Um, when Duncan puts his head on Amanda's shoulders, when he gets in and Keith then takes over, and so Keith says, I'll handle it, Elias Cotis puts his head on, on Amanda Jones's shoulder on that. And because she wasn't expecting it, the laugh that you see in the film is real. She, she doesn't know it's coming. But he does play a, a, a great character. He plays a very lovable character. I really liked it when uh, they were in detention and um, Keith's there drawing, like like a really arty picture and stuff hmm. and then Duncan has scraped something into the desk and he like lifts, and lifts, this, it, lifts but the thing pounds off pounds the desk the out doesn't he in order to get and, and turns it to show, to show <laughs> Keith and Keith's like hmm this is what my girlfriend yeah. would look without skin yes that was it <laughs> and it was great it's really good um, uh, Molly Ringwald was offered the role of Amanda Jones but she refused it, uh, ending her successful relationship. She never starred in a John Hughes film after that. Um, I looked. That I think there may. I think he took it personally, which is why she never appeared in a John Hughes film again. Um, but let's not go down that road because I don't think it's. You know, you, Molly Ringwald is pretty much John Hughes. You know, what? It, it, no, no, it's pretty much typifies <laughs> the whole John Hughes film. She's in. She's the star of Sixteen Candles. Okay. She's one of the stars of The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the star of Pretty yeah. Pink, so on. Um, so, the three main characters have names relating to what band? Amanda Jones, Watts, Keith. You want to have a guess? God, there's loads of people at home. Loads of people listening at home. <laughs> loads of people. You, you, you might be at home, you might be in the car. You, you might have ended lockdown, you might be on the beach. Who knows? But, um... Jones? No. Miss Amanda Jones, the title of the song the band play, but Watts and Keith are members of the band. Rolling Stones? Yes. Oh. So they had a hit with Miss Amanda Jones, which they play in the, is the bit where everyone's getting ready. Yeah. Um, so Char- Watts is named after Charlie Watts and character Keith, Keith Richards. Um... Most of the extras in the film that play the bad kids in the detention <laughs> <laughs> detention scene with Duncan uh, weren't thugs at all. They were just football players from the high school in, in the area. Nice. They were chosen mostly because they could tower over the actors and actresses and look uh, menacing. Okay. So, Elias Cotis was discovered by John Hughes because he was auditioning for the film that came next, which was She's Having a Baby. And he looked at him and went, you're going to be ideal to play um, Duncan in this film and just basically said we need you in this film okay so that makes a lot of sense um, while most critics dismiss this movie as a pretty pink clone Roger Ebert of Siskel and Ebert fame the famous reviewers in the in the US um, who was notoriously soft much of the time gave the movie three stars <gasps> he said Some Kind of Wonderful is yet another film in which Hughes and his team show a special ability to make an entertaining movie about teenagers, which is also about life, about insecurity, about rejection, about learning to grow. I sometimes have the peculiar feeling that the kids in Hughes movies are more grown up than the adults in most of the other ones. Pretty much sums up John Hughes, really. He, mm. You know, authority's bad. You know, parents are bad. Not all, not all of the time, but... Um, uh, so, already lined up, you had uh, before when the, uh, there was another director called Martha Coolidge uh, who was replaced uh, by Howard Dooch um, and she'd already cast Kim Delaney as Amanda Jones but Kyle McLaughlin as Hardy Jens Kyle 
Dale Cooper was going to be Hardy Jens in this film. Really? Yep. When Coolidge dropped out before filming was to begin and Deutsch replaced her, he replaced Delaney with Leon Thompson after Eric Stoltz suggested her for the role and replaced McLachlan with Craig Sheffer. Um, uh, Keith sets off the fire alarm in order to be put in morning detention with Amanda in the Breakfast Club. John Bender is in Saturday detention for setting off the fire alarm. I don't think that's a particularly good piece of trivia. It's just two fire alarms are set off in two John Hughes films. That's that's appalling. Um, obviously, we know Wilson Phillips lead singer China Phillips, daughter of Mamas and Papas Michelle and John Phillips, and sister in a day, uh, a sister to one day at a time's Mackenzie Phillips, who stars in this movie as Mia. Not a major character, but she does have a cameo. So China Phillips did have some sway. She had a <laughs> she had a sister in there. Um, this is the f- uh, first of John Hughes's directed or produced films to take place outside Chicago. He's he's very into Chicago, okay. uh, so it's filmed in Los Angeles. Um, after John Hughes made Pretty in Pink, he was unhappy with the ending. He wanted Andy to get together with Ducky, but the film's ending of Andy getting together with Blaine was forced upon him by the studio. In retaliation, Hughes made this film with the ending he envisaged for Pretty in Pink. He wanted Molly Ringwald to star it as well, but when she refused, Hughes took it personally. It's affected end of the working relationship. In an earlier version of the script, Keith proposes to Susan, who is What's-His-Real-Name. So, Susan Watts, because of Watts. During the kissing scene between Keith and Watts at the garage, when Keith says you're blushing, she was blushing for real. She was a little embarrassed because Keith and uh, Leah Thompson were dating in real life. Yep, so it was a bit embarrassing. Anyway, on to some uh, other ones. Uh, as I said to you, Hughes was writing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Deutsch and Hughes would work on some kind of wonderful script late at night, and Deutsch would fall asleep on the couch in their office while Hughes typed up rewrites of the script. He said he would stay up all night, music blasting, and like 5.30 or 6am, he'd hand me what was supposed to be a rewrite of some kind of wonderful we needed five pages and it was 50 pages. I said, what did you do? What is this? And he goes, oh, I didn't do that. I did something else. Tell me what you think. And it was Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> he wrote the first half of the movie in like eight hours and finished it a couple of days later. Nice. Um, Leah Thompson was offered the part of Amanda Jones but turned it down. I didn't want to play second banana and the Meryl Stewart Masterton part was better, she said. I was very jealous. However, when Howard the Duck came out in 1986 and tanked at the box office, Thompson felt she needed to do damage control on her career. Dutch asked Stoltz if he knew Thompson, which he did. They worked together on Back to the Future before Stoltz got fired, so they had an affinity there. Stoltz agreed to deliver the script to the house, and she finally agreed to do it. She said, I was so freaked out because Howard the Duck was such a brutal bloodbath, said Thompson. I was so afraid to look the crew in the eyes. I cried the first day of shooting. I was like, (coughs) I don't know how to act. I just felt so vulnerable and beaten. In a way, it was like getting on a bicycle after you fall down. Um, Yeah, I just thought that's, you know, you must feel bad. I I, I, I genuinely like Howard the Duck. Here, there, I'll say it. I genuinely like the film. It's a good film. Um, It's of its time, and I can see why people didn't like it, but He's still a Marvel character, so. Um, Dutch had such a crush on Thompson that he kept having a picture painted. So the picture that was painted in the, that hung in the art gallery. The director and actress met on the set, fell in love and got married. They're still happily married today. Though they didn't start dating until filming wrapped. In a pivotal scene during Keith and Amanda's date, Keith takes her to a museum and reveals a painting he did. The truth is, the director was so smitten with her, he commissioned about ten paintings. That's a bit creepy. There are all these paintings, they're all lined up on the sound stage, and how he kept saying, no, it's not good enough. They must have spent $40,000 on those paintings. Thompson said, she kept two of the paintings. I could have kept, I should have kept the other ones, because people tell me that they're touring the prop house at Paramount, and they're like, I saw nine paintings of you at the prop house. I should have kept them all, she said. Um, and lastly, in the final draft of the script, dated a month before filming began, Keith called Drummer Girl by her real name, Susan, and tells her he loves her. In the movie, we don't find out her real name, and the I love you part doesn't occur. 
Both in the movie and the script, he gives her a pair of diamond earrings and says, you look good wearing my future. In the film, the credits start to roll, but in the script she says, these babies go back in the morning, you're going to art school. She replies, he replies with, we'll keep one and make it a ring, insinuating they should get married. Sensing his uncertainty, she says, you don't want to think about that one, do you? They continue to banter for a page more and how that moment was her first kiss and then Keith jokes that she did it wrong. So yeah, and there you go. It's trivia time. Oh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, great. So now we're on to. <laughs> is, is this the bit? I yeah, this is the bit. This is the bit. I'm going to get the timer on the phone. Oh God! Little does she know. Uh, little does. She, do you want to? Do you want to go for something you with could, her? You could do it a bit, kind of like there will be blood, kind of style. It's like little does she know. Yeah. No, or, that just sounds weird. Or little does she know. Okay. It doesn't right. work, does it? Little does she know. Let's the emphasis is on the no, really. <laughs> it's on the, it's on the, uh, the the knowledge. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, we did so well with Michael Douglas last 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 I time. I think I did. Well, not really. No, I think I did. <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Good. As long as you did. Yes. That the listeners have their view, <laughs> and uh, you have yours. That's great. Should we start you off with an easy one? So I've got 45 minutes. I'm going to find some sort of... 45 minutes? Sorry, 45 seconds. <laughs> right, do you know what? I'll give you 45 minutes if you want. That's I fine. might still not get we, the answers. We sat here for a while going, I'm sure he was in that thing with the snowman. You know, they were high on a hill. Oh, God. And then the cloud Stop comes it. down. You're being yeah. mean. That's true. Oh, you're about to see what's going to happen here now. Oh, right. So I'm going to find some funky music to put over this. I haven't done right. that yet, so okay. but I do all the, the producing afterwards. I don't afterwards. think you need funky music. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do forty five seconds. I was gonna nick the countdown music, but I thought there'd be copyright problems, and that's thirty seconds, not forty five. And I just think thirty seconds. Try two. <laughs> Let's have to up it from forty five. So, five films. Yeah. Sounds like the end of Potmas, doesn't it? I'm really nervous. Okay. But well, you shouldn't be. I you am. should be nervous about the section three, but not not the first one. There's three okay. bits. I'm going to ask you three actors and actresses. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get I our money. I'm so sorry for this, listeners. We're going to get our money's worth out of this. This is how we're going to monetize it, because people are going to listen in and go, you've got to listen to this woman. Oh, <laughs> she literally doesn't... I don't want to go viral. Well, yeah, it may happen. Who knows? Are you ready? No, but go on then. 45 seconds to name me five films with Tom Hanks. Big. Yes. Toy Story 1 Toy Story 2 No, 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 no You can have one Toy Story Go on Um, No sequels Sequels in Seattle Yes You've got mail Yeah, one more Um, Oh, Saving Private Ryan Oh (laughs) 19 seconds 84 Did I do it? Yeah (laughs) Thanks So that was the easy one Wow Right, okay No, no, no Well, I think the next one's pretty easy Oh but now I know where you are. Crikey, you're, you're a lot better than you. Right. 45 seconds to name five films by Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, you're joking. Um, Romeo uh, and Juliet. Yes. Beach. Yes. Um, Look, are you getting the obscure ones already? Oh, what's the one? It's the Art Deco period. It's the... Um, with the champagne fountains and things. <laughs> oh, God, what's it called? Well, the, the, what I can't do is help you. I only watched it the other month. Did you? Without me? Yes. Oh, okay. It's got Mr. in, his, in the title, is it? No. No? Oh. It's the name of him, I suppose. It's definitely his surname in there. Oh, God, that's going to bug Ooh, me now. five seconds to go. Yeah. Caprio's going to... Um, you might want to extend that a little bit. Um... Yeah, do you know what? I'll give you the rest of the minute. Think about another film. Oh, I am. I'm trying. Don't think about The Great Gatsby, which is what you're trying to think about. Yeah, so go on. Um, Keep going. There was the one where he changes um, identity a lot. Yes. He's the pilot. With Tom Hanks. Um, Okay, yeah, that's it. I'll give you a minute five. It was Catch Me If You Can. Oh, that was it. Okay. Would that have been five? That would have been four. Oh, one more. Um, oh, go on. Yeah, well, the clock stopped, but yeah, let's... Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh, Titanic. Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to get to, like, <laughs> you know, until Endgame de- dethroned it, the, the biggest film of all, t- you know. 
Oh no, until Avatar knocked it into number three. So not Wolf of Wall Street, not Gangs of New York. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, Django. Is it Django? Django Unchained. Yeah. The Revenant. Yep. I've not watched that other one. It's in quite a bit. Uh, Anyway, are you looking forward to number three now? No, not really. Well, it's not bad. It's an actress. So, are you ready? I'm going to start it. 45 seconds to name me five films starring Meg Ryan. Oh, God. Um, You've got male sleepers in Seattle. Yes, right. When Harry Met Sally. See? See, look at you. In 10 seconds. No, 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 keep going. That's it. What about where she played a um, uh, um, helicopter pilot? No With Denzel Washington? No? Oh. Uh, No period dramas in there? No, you can think of? No. No? Oh, okay. So, nothing else by Meg Ryan. Are we just going to... Nope. Why? She didn't do any more. She didn't do any more (laughs) films. Okay, that's fine. It was the orgasm and the two films that were basically the same as each other. Right. Wow. Meg Ryan, if you're listening, um, yeah, okay. So you didn't remember the uh, film Courage Under Fire? No. Nope. No. Okay. Didn't watch it. Oh, those are the only three what? I had. Do you want to do one more? God. Do you want to do one more? I don't think the listeners need to do that, but yes, okay. Let's oh, have right, one more. okay. Let me think about Let me think oh, about it. Oh, you haven't one. even thought about this. No, 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 I will do. Okay, right. I'm going to give you an easy one to finish with. Oh, God, right, okay. Right, you ready? Yeah. Five films, 45 seconds, starring Brad Pitt. Oh, the Vampire Diaries one. Nope. The... I think again. Yes. It's not sort of what it's called. Not the Vampire Diaries. The one... Um... Oh, the one with the guy with the sharp with teeth. The... The, the, the guy that doesn't like Tom the light. Cruise. Yes. And what's it called? The Vampire Diaries. I can't remember. Oh, no. Oh, no. I only need to get five Brad Pitt films oh, and I'm God. 25 seconds in and I can't think of one. Go on. Oh, there's the one with um, his ex-missus, Angelina Jolie. Yes, it is. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, is That's it? right, there's one. I'm just going to keep it going. Um, I just want to, in fact, I'm going to stop, Brad I'm going to stop the clock. Oh, we was in the one with the baseball bat with the war films with um, Thingy that directed yeah, it. Yeah, and that we went to a fancy dress party. Yes. Dressed up as Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That one. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is that it? Yep. Yeah. That's two. The one you were thinking of with Tom Cruise was Interview with a Vampire. That's the one. Yeah. See? Still going to get three more. So, Brad Pitt films. Come on. Um. Oh, Fast and Furious. Oh dear me. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. What about? Um, this is great. This is this is the best one. See, I thought I'd start with... Oh, God. No, he was in some kind of sequel things. Yeah? Oh, it's got the guy with the grey hair. I can't remember his name. Um, the guy with the grey hair? Yes. Richard Gere? No. Um, thingy. Wilfred Bramble? Very good looking. Nice voice. Um, George Clooney? Got married recently. Yes, George is with him. Yes, in what? Um, Are there any others? Yeah, there's are there nine of them? Are there nine of them? There are ten of them, or eleven of them? Oh, is that? What? Is it? Is he part of Ocean's Eleven? Oh, that's it. Oh, God, I couldn't give you much that more one. of a clue, right? Um. Okay, you still got two, I think. Oh God, who are we do? Brad Pitt. <laughs> God, I think I'm exhausting my memory. There's no bag. pressure anymore. I think time is off. No, Brad Pitt though. <laughs> um, okay, I'll give you a clue. You shouldn't. The first rule is you shouldn't talk about it. Talk about what? That's the clue for the film. The first rule of it is you shouldn't talk about it. Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll put you out of your misery. The first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, was he Fight Club? Oh, he was in a Guy Ritchie one as well, wasn't he? He played like the really funny Irish character. What was that film? <laughs> that wasn't Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, no, it's it? the other one. Oh, God. I can never remember the name of that. Snatch. That's it. Yeah. Yes. What was his first film? Can you remember? Um, 
Oh, something... He was in a film with Juliet Lewis called California, but that was his second film. His first film that he ever appeared in was with Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon in... Thelma and Louise. Of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I about that. Okay, what? so, yeah, Brad Pitt, there we go. What else You've been, been reduced to. Oh, Brad Pitt, Fury. Um, yeah, he was in Snatch, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we just watched recently. Oh, yeah, so you could have had that for DiCaprio as well. Um, yeah, loads of films. But you got the main ones. Well, I got the main ones. I just told you what they were. <laughs> anyway, so yes, there we go. So, little does she know, is that a fair... Yeah, I think we'll come, we'll try and come up with something. We'll try and come up with a podcast. Okay. I don't know, a podcast, a jingle for it. Uh, but yeah, there we go. So we're about the usual mark that we that we finish on that. And oh, I'm sorry I had to put you through that, listeners. It's just... Do you know what? I think they're just waiting for the next one. In oh, fact, the, the, that we might get a recommendation is you stop talking about the movies and just <laughs> <laughs> to just test her for, for 30 seconds. For 30. Maybe you minutes. can like suggest some actors or films. Not well, not suggest the films. Well, uh, what if actors. somebody sends them to us? We've got access to both things. Yeah, is is there any chance that uh, Amanda could do George Clooney? And then suddenly you know it's going to be George like Clooney. That. No, I spoke like that. And no. I don't know how our listeners speak. They may be very well spoken. I know some of them. Some of them are. Shout out to Dom and Joe and people like that. Very well spoken. Mm. So yeah. Check you out with your two fans. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, there we go. I'm call you Two Fan Charlie. <laughs> That's a character. Oh dear, she's getting giddy now. She's she's guessed oh some she's God. guessed some films and it's taken a lot out of her. So I've, this I've is really this is the emotional response now. to it. Um, anyway, the next film we haven't decided upon. Um, we have a choice of three. Really, we, we think we need another one. Uh, to take us to <laughs> eight. Do. Well, to take us to eight for this season, I think. I so we've definitely got, we definitely got. Well, we definitely got Pretty in Pink. We definitely got Breakfast Club, but we're leaving them towards the end. We're going to have some guest stars with us on the Breakfast Club. Uh, we're going to have a, another podcast that we've been on. Uh, we're going to invite them to join ours mm. for the Breakfast Club for that one. So I'm really looking forward to that because um, it's definitely one of my top five films of uh, the eighties. Um. We're, I think we're going to do She's Having a Baby at some point. The film that he made after, John Hughes made after this. Is this John Hughes season then or something? Well, it sort of is. There's a lot in There's a lot in it. But I mean, there's, well, it's it's not, if you're talking about the 80s, that's pretty much where I am. But um, yeah, maybe How the Duck. Especially as Anthony wants it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, we're, we're, I'm going to trust the listener's judgment. Oh God. Right. Apparently it's so bad that. it's good. You're right, going to love okay. that. It's so good. She's Leah Thompson's good in it, mm. despite what people say. Mm. Um, it's got Jeffrey Jones in it as well. Don't know. Uh, Edward Rooney. Don't know. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the principal. Oh, him. Edward Rooney. Oh, right. Okay. And it's also got a very, very, very young Tim Robbins. Uh, married to Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins. Uh, Mystic River with Sean Penn where he gets the wrong guy that he thought's killed his daughter he plays the shy retiring one that you think has actually done it and oh vaguely yeah Tim Robbins is just I love that film though yeah Bob Bob Roberts is Tim Robbins uh, for me anyway there we go that's the that's the end of the podcast thank you very much for listening Um, we'll see you next time um uh Please feel free to go and check out uh, Amanda's encyclopedic knowledge of Michael Douglas films on the other podcast if you've enjoyed this one. Um, it's definitely well worth a listen. Right at the end. As will the next one. But anyway, um, thanks very much for listening and we will see you again next time. So, cheerio. Toodle pip. Rusted junk. Rusted junk. Rusted junk. The forgotten 80s movies. The forgotten 80s movies.